Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. It is that day, Tuesday. Can I say that we do these on Tuesdays? You can say right, whatever. You, you could say yeah. we do them on Sundays, yeah, and, and nobody bleep, would know. Bleep can, uh, how, how are they going to know? Are they going to Are they going to fact check us on what day we anyway, do? Them? We should We should seriously in the in the new office. We should set up a studio where we can record these, and people can see what Brad Dana looks like when we're doing this. It, it'd be totally worth it. Our ratings will go through the roof because of Brian Martin's goatee. All right, that that's for sure. I like the goatee, by the way. But anyway, um, I'm co-founder of Rolling Bones, whatever that means. Uh, but uh, and we've told that story. So uh, today we're going to talk about something that we and I really appreciate all of you guys. We all appreciate you that send in messages, text us, email us, uh, send stuff to info at rbohome.com. Uh, wherever you're getting it to us, we do get it. And uh, um, today we're going to talk about preparing your rifle for a trip and then traveling with your rifle. I think uh, um, we get a lot of questions on it all the time, and we all three have some real consistent uh, beliefs on what you should do to prepare for a trip, um, so much so that uh, a day before a giant uh, moose hunt one day, I called Brad up and I said, I threw that piece of scope away, and I remounted my old one, and I'm not going on this trip not 100% prepared. So we can talk about some of that stuff today. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about that. But first, just a real quick reminder, because I always forget to do this. Just jump on rollingbones.com and check out our membership. It'll help you get started on, on your hunting trips, a, a lifetime adventure, whatever you're looking for. Our membership is built just for you. Uh, think of our membership as joining a very special hunt club that features five-star concierge service with Kelly and Mary and Lindley and Brian and Brad and all the people that are in here working for you every day. Uh, they seriously want to give you the best service ever. Um, I, uh, I, I tell you, I listen to these guys, and you just got a call, 605-644-8000, and we can help you out. And your local advisor can help you, but if you haven't talked to them or say, hey, man, I want to talk to somebody, 605-644-8000, we're here. Okay, gentlemen, here's where we're at. Getting ready, getting that rifle ready for a trip of a lifetime. It's funny, your buddy that comes in every other day that you were just telling me about, he brought three of those scopes in that you ripped off your gun. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told me that today. Um, you mean Casey. I yes, love. By the way, I love him coming in here. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. I love talking. He's so passionate. He's got, he reminds me a lot of me because get, he gets obsessed with things and he can't get them out of his mind. And he's like, I'm doing this. So anyway, it's funny because he goes, he brings this rifle. He, he texts me. He says, hey, is somebody going to be around because I'm getting ri these rifles ready for a hunt, and I want to bring these rifles up and have Brad help me with them. And I says, I said, sure, going to be in here. He comes in, and he goes, 
<laughs> Brad said those other that the other ones were pieces of uh, uh, dog turds. And so I said, I'm trying to keep it PG-13. Do you like that? So anyway, I said, oh, yeah. And then he mentioned the name of the product, and my head spun around. And he goes, based on your head whip, I think you have some experience. I said, yeah, I tried that scope one time uh, for about a week and shot 16 boxes to try to get the thing to work. And I just took it off and put a better scope on. And then I went hunting. Uh. So Anyway, but you know what? Here's the thing. I think a lot of people, um, the mistake they make when they go into um, an adventure trip, or I, I actually just any hunting trip, is that they pick up their rifle a week before, they go out and shoot four rounds, and they go, okay, I hit a minute of pie plate at 100 yards, and I'm ready to go. And then they wonder why they miss, or they couldn't find the animal in their scope. Um, there's three things I see on guided trips when we, and I hear all the time outfitters say, number one, they can't find the animal in their scope when they get ready to shoot. The target acquisition is a disaster. Okay, there, there's a guide right there. Well, target acquisition, that's funny. the number one thing it's I hear. It's funny because I listened to him so Sunday. We were, <laughs> we were messing, we, Friday we, we did rifles all I noticed long. you had your cluster. Oh, of, my gosh. And I, I did know. lose my mind today when I walked in here. <laughs> you two, you two. Nimblets. Oh my gosh! I do not want any criticism of that because we were, we were balls to the wall. We had ten guns going this weekend, getting them all ready. Yeah, I think so, we had nine guns. Yeah, nine so, or ten. So anyway, target acquisition—that's one thing I hear. Okay, number one. Okay, number two, that the hunter doesn't know what their gun and their rifle can do. They, 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 uh, how old do you, uh, it's 400 yards. Do you, do, where do I hold? Four inches high. Okay, well, I, I held four inches over its back. That's not four inches high. Four inches high is four inches above center of vitals. Center of mass. Exactly, center of mass, not four inches over its back. You know what I'm saying? And then so, so no, that's the number two thing I hear all the time from outfitters. And then the number three thing is, is that they literally don't even know how to get behind their rifle. They, they don't know how to do it. If it's not just a perfect you know, shot, they don't even know how to get behind their rifle and, 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 and approach it the well, right the way. The excitement takes over from, from thinking the process of finding a proper rest, right? As soon as you decide you want to shoot an animal, you have to make sure you find the proper rest. You got to find so where you're not, you the animal's not going to see you first. Okay, if I go there, is the animal going to see me and run? And two, am I going to have proper barrel clearance? And is it going to be at a right angle on the side of the hill? Because if you put your body on the wrong side, so a right hand shooter, you want to have your left side a little bit low if you can. If the, if it's if it's the other way, it's really hard. And I think, okay, am I going to scope myself if it's 25 degrees uphill and I'm laying on the flat? And I need to find some kind of a pitch. And so, and a lot of times the guides that don't shoot a lot, you know, foreign guides, they're used to shooting close range. And I've seen them try and put the hunter's gun in a position. It's even worse. It's even worse. Well, it's funny because I've, I've had outfitters, and we've experienced this here lately, where the outfitter thinks, you know, they, they, and I know that they have a lot of guys come in that don't shoot a lot. But, like, we shoot a couple thousand rounds a year, and we're in every scenario, the shooting schools. And you know what? Some outfitters have actually called us and go, I'd like you to do an outfitter shooting school for my guides. And I think guides should go to a shooting school, too. And I'm not saying we're everything to shooting, but we do spend more time than average. But for for the listener that's sending in these uh, um, these requests, I really believe that target acquisition, getting comfortable behind your gun, you, you can't, what do you always say? You can't replace, you can't, what, what do you can't, want? You can't time. buy trigger, trigger time. time. You yeah. can't buy trigger time. You yeah. got to, you just got to like anything. If you want to fight MMA and you don't train, you're going to get knocked out by a good fighter. Right. Right. If you don't know how to drive on ice and you hit black ice, you're not going to be able to correct. You're going to hit your 
is a telephone pole because you're going to look at the telephone pole instead of the open road. Right. Little things like that. Yeah, you can't you can't buy experience. But the thing is, you, you can, can buy quality, but not experience in reps. Well, the thing yeah. is, that you can control the things that you can control. You can control how you carry your gun and pack it on the plane, and you can control how you prep it before you go. Right. And I see big, huge mistakes in both of those. And that and that's, I guess, what we really want to do is talk about that today. Let because I like that I can only control the things I can control and the outside elements I can't. But there was three things I always knew I could control, and number one was getting my rifle ready and how I was going to take it there. And then number two, the approach to the shot, I could at least be prepared enough to say, okay, am I sitting? Am I laying down? Am I prone? Where am I at? Well, how, how, you know, what's my shot? And and have enough experience to be able to, to develop that approach to the, the shot. So, But let's talk about preparing the rifle um, and uh, um, getting ready. I know first personally, me, um, what I like to do, but I'd love to hear what you guys say. Um, well... <laughs> That's lots of different things to do, but the first thing is you got to have a gun that's functioning well, right? You have to have a gun that you've shot hopefully recently, and I, I will zero it. I will test my ballistics on my gun before I go to make sure the custom turret or whatever you're shooting is accurate. But if you're going to go to a foreign country, and you know my specialty is high altitude hunting, you're going to have to have a different turret. You're going to have to have a d different tape, like we make custom tapes for a custom engraved turret, or you're going to have to have a different program. Uh, the same program, different um, data card, because when you're going at 15,000 feet versus we're here shooting at th between three and 4,000 feet in this area, there's a huge different bullet impact. So knowing that when you get there, you're going to have to re-zero your gun or at least double check it with your new turret tape and or your, um, your ballistic program. So, so after I got my gun shooting well here, I'm going to take it apart. I'm going to take out, and, and I, I have some pre-64 model 70 Winchesters, and I know we used to sell the Montana rifle. They're really easy to take the firing pin and bolt assembly apart. A Remington-style action, you can take them apart fairly easy if you want to use a shoelace. That's a cheap way to do it. They make some good tools that you can buy from the gun stores like uh, Brownells and stuff that take the, uh, you know, and Defiance actions, all those. And then we, we're selling a, a gun that has, well, we sell several different guns. Um, one of our guns is a bit based on a Remington 700, so you would use that tool. But uh, you're talking about degreasing the I'm firing taking, pin and stuff. I'm taking on cold weather. So, yeah. yeah, on cold weather. If I'm going to extreme cold weather and wet weather where it could freeze, you don't want... And, and honestly, it's just a good thing. You uh, you can take the thing apart and see that your, your spring is not as tight as it should be, or maybe there's something wrong with your firing pin. You don't know. If it's a brand new gun, it's probably okay. But I take that apart, and I double-check everything. And um, you just got to make sure you have the tools to take your firing pin apart. And if you can't do it once every year or two, probably have a gunsmith do it. The thing is, you want some, I like some lube, uh, you know, some anti-seize compound on the, the um, what do you call it, the threads. Right. But I don't want a lot of grease and stuff on the everything else. Because anything in there, that's let's just say if you just take rem oil every year and spray your firing pin and your... Um, and your trigger with it, and you go to minus 20, it could easily freeze. I've had that happen before. So I want to make sure everything's good. I clean my my I clean my bore and make sure that my, um, uh, what do you call it, my chamber's clean. And a lot of times I'll go with a perfectly clean gun because I don't want, when I get there, i got to shoot it anyway. I won't even necessarily do a fowler. I mean, typically when we hunt, most people shoot with a fowler shot or two to kind of like, you know, recondition the gun after you've cleaned it. I'll actually go with a gun that's perfectly clean, and my first shot at 100 or 200 yards is my fowler. And I keep my gun clean so the second third shot comes perfectly on, and the first shot's usually close enough that I can still hunt with it. 
So those are the, some of the things I like to do to the gun. And then when I put it back together, I torque everything back down to specs. I make sure the rings are good. If I'm going to be traveling with an extra scope, let's say I'm going to some place in the world where I know there's no extra gun to borrow and somebody might have to use my gun or I'm going to be on a multi-trip, I'll take an extra scope and, and even set a ring. So a lot of people will shoot the old style, style tally rings, which you can't really, it's, it's you know, I actually, they can break if you if you fall like in the rocks. So I'll take an extra set so of rings Brian and screws. So Brian would need a different set of rings. He exactly. Would, he would need stronger rings. Is that yeah. what you're saying? But if you have a Picatinny system, like what a lot of us are shooting now, you can have a scope perfectly mounted on a Picatinny system, like Brad's shooting a Mark V on a Picatinny. And he can have another cheap scope. He can just have an, an old Leopold or anything. Because I have had my scope break uh, once, and I had a client scopes break two or three times over the years where that gun was not usable. So had you had an extra set of rings and scope, that gun was usable. Luckily, we always had somebody else in camp that we could borrow a gun. But one time, though, it cost us a huge Marco Polo. It cost us two big Marco Polo. Not, it, was a, yeah, it was an accident that happened while we were traveling. The gun was damaged in flight because he had great big target turrets on it. So those are some of the things that I do when I travel. Is It's if I can, I'll take an extra set of scopes and, and at least some extra rings. Um, also the trigger. Uh, you, I've seen triggers that have been abused over the years, and some some of the cheaper triggers can, can get rust in them. So you can clean them out with a uh, like a, a brake cleaner or a carb cleaner. Uh, and then I also will use uh, lighter fluid, lighter fluid and, and compressed air to clean them out. Don't spray your trigger down if it's... Um, uh, with like any kind of an oil. Um, you can put it on the outside of the trigger, the non-moving parts, but not the inside. Your trigger techs are sealed, and so is your, um, what's the other, uh, Bix and Andy triggers are sealed, but your jewel triggers, your Timony triggers, your rifle basics. They're exposed. Yeah, they're all exposed. So you just clean them like with a toothbrush, some uh, some compressed air, and compressed a little bit of fluid. I, I always, before I'm heading yep. out, because I, I like a jewel trigger, and I know people go, I've had problems with jewels. Um, I've, I've had problems with triggers other than jewels, um, I've had problems with uh, um, what's the trigger that we had in the Montana rifle. Um, well, those were Winch they started the, as Winchester, Winchester Model, yeah. Model 70s. Then, right. I, I had more problems with them than mm -hmm. I ever did. I ever have a jewel. But I, I use the compressed air. Compressed air Blow and lighter fluid are the two things you want to use because lighter fluid is a mild lubricant and it evaporates. And if it's really gritty and dirty, you can use like a brake cleaner or a carb cleaner. Right, just spray them out. Yep. But here's my thing. I, I just, uh, yeah. So, so you, you always check zero before you go. I check zero. I tighten. I torque everything down. You I confirm the your group before you go. Yeah, I make sure there's no issues with you it. You confirm. I'm just going down yep. through this. Your ballistics. You always confirm ballistics. Yep. One of the things that I've screwed up on before is I've counted on my app to do um, uh, for my data. Just in the, now, I, I shoot a BDC turret. Okay, but I also want to have. The, we have the minutes. When we cut our turrets, we have the minutes yeah, in the both. bottom. And so one of the things I won't do, because when I was in Alaska this last December, I didn't have my data card, and my phone dropped to the bottom of the ocean. You did your phone, how did your phone, how was that? that did salt water and iPhones you want to have are, a backup. Are, are, are like a forest fire and, oh. um, and bad kindling. You know, You're, like, that's what it, you, it goes up in smoke. Hey, that's what you <laughs> get you for traveling have a without me. To Alaska. Well, that's because your me sorry behind. ass didn't get your stuff prepared. But anyway, well, we'll that, do that I for another I thought that was trip. pretty rude. So, I mean, I'm sitting sitting in COVIDville. So the data card's a big you thing. You want a mechanical backup, whether yes. it's paper or um, another turret. And, and I was upset because we used to always do that. We used to always, always, always print out a data card before we left. And I was shooting a fairly new caliber and a fairly new rifle that I'd been hunting with. And it's the first trip I took it on. And wouldn't you know it, I lost my data sheet. So I had no MOA reference. And it, it literally stammered me. 
Um, because I yeah, shot a great a buck, but I'll tell you how I shot it. Yeah. It was up against a bank at 580 yards away, and I you I missed. I and missed. Recalculate. I missed, and I had it on low power. I zoomed in. I read my miss in my MOA turret. I went. I know exactly how high I am over. Let me take the dope yep. out now. It was far enough away. The buck was standing there jamming a doe, and the guide was with me laughing. He goes, "Miss." He was jamming like you dancing and or what? Yeah, and anyway. luckily it wasn't an Ibex or Marco Polo because they wouldn't have given you a second yeah. shot. No, right. And, and so the buck was like, mm, do I? And the does looked, and, and I was far enough away. So I, I, I adjusted, I read it, boom, smoked it, buck rolls down the hill. Okay, perfect, but that's not perfect if you're not prepared. So I just wanted to make a comment on that uh, data card. Uh, ballistic data, okay, one thing I would take extra after what just happened to me um, getting separated from my rifle on one of the trips, I would take my cheek piece and I'd take my own bipod. Yeah, and that would be one of the things I was going to talk yeah. about. If you're not traveling with your gun, that's, I mean, that's something I have on all my guns if I travel. But if I'm not traveling with my own rifle and I'm going to say, you're going to be an, a Russian outfitter and they're going to say, I got this gun for you to borrow, I said, send me a photo of it. So, so they take so I can see what mounting system it has. If it's a Picatinny rail, I'll take like an older Leopold or something and mount it on a Picatinny system. Have I'll, it ready I'll have it all mounted. I'll have the uh, scope level on it. I take a cheek piece. I take a, the bipod system. I take a good sling. I take the ammo pouch. <laughs> yep. I take my cable. I this take is the really chamber good. guide. This is really good. I take everything so I can make any gun shoot. Yep. And if I, if it's a Remington style, a lot of times I'll take a Remington trigger. Well, you know, re, re, something. The reason I like the Remington style actions, which is everything we're selling, other than the, the you know the Rugers, is that you can take a, um, a rifle basics or a Jewel or a Timney and drop it in. I've seen times when the trigger is set at five pounds and it's corroded <laughs> and you can't really fix it. So you just put in a rifle basics or put in a Jewel, whatever. Set it two and a half pounds. And then you got an extra trigger to go hunting. And I just leave it with them. Because the triggers, I mean, I've done a lot of times where I borrow the gun and I left them a sling, the cheek piece, the scope cover, the neoprene scope cover, this, the scope angle. I always travel at least one or two scope angles because a lot of my clients don't have them. I would guns. suggest that to everybody listening. If you're traveling international, it's in my bag now, no matter yep. what. I threw a cheek piece in there. I threw uh, two bipods in there, one for a pick, one for not pick, uh, for a sling post. I threw a sling in there. I, I am 100% set because I will never ever not have my own um you want to have a back you want to I, be I want able the to ability it, to build my own approach to that close, rifle yeah as close as possible yep and and now that i'm in the u.s i'm going to get a second cell phone so i always have two cell phones it's funny you say that because you know what i just did i told i told lindley this morning i said set me an appointment here because the cell phone i have i don't know what it is i, I like the camera on it but I'm going to the 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 smaller one because I I'm gonna have two cell phones from here on out because now what's happened with and and I don't want to digress from what we're doing here with the rifle prep but if you're listening this is so valuable I think um, or I shouldn't say if you're listening those of you that are following us which we greatly appreciate thank you um, it to seventy percent of the camera work I do now is with the iPhone. Because the camera is so good on this, it's such a high quality. I downloaded a well, bunch of stuff. I was looking it in at four K. Yeah, it is really good. It's amazing. I can't I, wait to get it over to you. He needs to get his too. So if you're going to get the cell phone, make sure you get the biggest RAM. Get a, a two fifty six or a five twelve yeah. on a phone. Yeah, because they don't have expandable RAM. No, right. but anyway, um, I, I just I couldn't agree more with the rifle thing, um, and so and the other thing I would suggest the only one thing I want to add to what you're talking about, and and I would love to hear Brad if you have anything, but but if you're gonna go to Alaska, let's say you're going on your first big hunt, okay, 
and and I shouldn't say big hunt because all hunts are big, but you're going to go to Alaska. Number one recommendation. Once you get your rifle zeroed and all this stuff, shoot five boxes of shells through the thing. Go shoot 100, 120 rounds and go out there and shoot them at different distances. Lay down, sit on a thing, shoot them off your shooting sticks. Shoot a hunt. I mean, literally train yourself. What the heck? You just spent 20 grand, 15 grand, five grand on a hunt. I don't care. Spend 150 bucks on shells and go shoot your rifle. Well, the other thing is when you're, when you're taking shells, make sure you take the same boxes of ammo with the same lot on them as that you just zeroed it at. Because if you take a different lot from a different year, there's a good chance you'll have to re-zero. So you want to make sure the chronograph, because I've seen chronograph velocities change from year to year, or even if you change one lot of powder, let's say you're reloading H1000 from 2017, you got a 2021 H1000, you don't check it, you just load it, and you go, well, it's hitting differently. Well, you got to check that. So if you're going to change something, make sure you shoot the stuff you change, re-chronograph it, whether it's factory or, and, and make sure it's the same. And I always take 40. And if you're going to take, now there's some countries like Mongolia, you can only take 30. Um, and if you're a crazy shooter, likes to shoot a lot, or a bad shooter, take 60. Um, yeah, that's what I'd recommend. I it's, would say take the maximum you can take all the time. You, you, well, the why, maximum. Why, why chintz on shells, you know? Yeah, every country is different. And Brad shoots all the time anyway. I mean, he just starts shooting. It doesn't stop until the animal starts wiggling. So if you're like that, then hey, you better try If to he doesn't want to get shot again, he best quit moving. But I'd say in general, unless, unless the outfitter <laughs> needs a few shells, sometimes the outfitter will have a gun that he's running out of shells on. It's a 300 win or something. And, and uh, you know, you're not supposed to leave the shells over there. But... I mean, it's, it's sometimes these guys just don't can't get the proper proper bullets for their guns zeroed. So, but in general, like we're shooting some wildcats, so leaving shells is no there's no point in leaving shells. Generally, with your guys' shooting ability, forty is going to be enough. But if you're going to do a multi-state trip or a multi-country trip, then maybe sixty. I thought about what we're shooting a lot with these wildcats. I don't know if I would take a wildcat overseas. You know, here's what I can tell you: <laughs> if your ammo doesn't show up. Even if it's not a wild cat, the chance of finding ammo that'll shoot well in your gun in a foreign country is very low unless you're like in South oh, okay. Africa or Makes something. Sense. So you're probably going to end up borrowing another gun if your ammo doesn't show up. So the chances of, because uh, we had it happen in, in Russia, a 7mm Remington mag could not find the ammo for it. So we could find it in Moscow, but because the, the outfitter didn't have a 7mm that he was traveling with, he couldn't buy it and send it with the hunter. I and mean, it was really strict gun laws. So we landed in Petro, and the only thing they had was 308, 30-06, and 300, which we didn't have. So he just left his gun back in, in, in Moscow. Actually, we did bring the gun and had to leave it in town. So it's, it's, you, you have to be careful. You think you shoot a standard cartridge and the ammo doesn't show up, it still may not work. Some sure. of these countries, you can't find anything. You're thinking like another, a normal country like Canada or Alaska. Yes, you it's can find 300 wins, 7mm, 375. It's so much nicer if you can have the ammo with your rifle because if one shows up, the other one. But now you just really can't do that. It's generally, I've had way less problems with, with baggage loss now than I did 15 to 18 years ago when we started. We had way more lost baggage now. They have a better tracking system. And the yeah. thing is, try and get there a day early because usually it'll come the next day if there's daily well, flights. Well, I was just looking at flights today from Turkish Air from here to uh, Dushanbe. And um, right now it's twice a week is all. Yeah, and th that's what I saw, and uh, it's it was just interesting. It's um, problematic in that country, but yeah. Kyrgyzstan is daily, Russia is daily. But Turkish Air has a tracking system, has reading on their thing, just like Delta does now. It's oh, Turkish is probably better quality and service than Delta. 
really. So yeah. so th that's just interesting. So then now we're traveling with the gun. I do not chintz on a hard case. I will tell you this. I just bought a new hard case. Yeah, is this this uh, tan and orange one? Yes. It has six locks, four in the front, two on the side. Super nice and 35%. We're going to weigh it to see. We're going to weigh it. Stand by. Hey, listen again next week, and we'll have you a weight. Yeah, because it's a big most one. Most of, them are most of them are between 8 and 13 no, pounds. That's why I bought that thing. That, that compared to my old Plano, my old Plano is like lugging around, right. uh, you know, what did that cost? a refrigerator. 250 Yeah, I think it was like two 240 something but so yeah, relatively. Most of your goods, so there's two rules of thumb. Always travel with a gobbled, unless you're going to Africa. But my point is I can put more weight but in that because no, it's, it's yeah, lighter exactly. and this is durable. There's only, there's only two cases to take. A double gun case that's at least, well, in your case, you shoot a small, a shorter gun. Yeah. But I recommend I have a longer case in case I have a longer gun. But that's gun. a double gun case. Yep. Double gun case or a tough pack. And the reason is you want the gun case at 50 pounds. You'll pay for yes. a gun case in two trips if you're if you're going on these big backpacks. I'm going to go get the name of that. I'll be right back because i got to tell everybody what yeah, that cause, is. Because I always run. I, I try to get them at 49 in I, case I, I have a, a whoops. I do 49. And yeah. so what I do is I take out the big foam on the inside of the case. I put my gun in a soft a, a good case if I'm going on a horseback hunt and I'll put it in a leather scabbard and I'll put the gun inside the gun case so you typically most gun cases have a bottom foam a thick middle foam and then a top foam so I take out the middle foam replace it with my soft gun case and then I also take the bolt out of the gun if you have a like Brian's case is really thick but some of the pelican cases are not as thick and you can actually put pressure on your bolt if you don't have a thick double gun case so take your bolt out now the some of the guns we're shooting like our Ovis and the Ibex, those guns have a bolt that's closer to the stock. But some of the other guns, like if you have like a Christensen gun with a longer bolt handle, you have some of the Defiance, you have some of these target guns, the bolt sticks up, you know, a half an inch to an inch above the rest of the, and it can put pressure on it. Christensen and, arms, does. Yep. it wings up. So always just take that out, and I put that in. And it's I, a vault by Pelican. It's a vault. Yep. It's well, the, it's it, it the, looks it's like a pelican. It looked like the new pelican handles, where you push that button. Yeah. And they flip so up. so Super you know nice. the old ones, they bust your knuckles, right. like literally crack your fingers. These are light pressure. I, I played with it. To did, check. did you saw it? Oh, and, yeah. And, I had to and, check it out. Yeah. And so I took that top pad out too because I do the Brian Martin packing now with it because I can. Because you always need a soft case or a leather case wherever you travel. If you're riding on horses, rarely does an outfitter have a case that's as nice as what you would have as a as an owner. And rarely do they have good soft cases. So then when you get there and you're hunting Tajikistan, you got your gun in a soft case and you put it in the front seat so the scope doesn't get banged around. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I was super happy with this because you push the button and pops up. Yeah, those are nice. And it's, it's, it's 30 to 35% lighter. We're going to weigh it and find out. Yeah. And the wheels are, are stuck out a little bit more. I really like the case. Well, we've had trouble with the, like the Planos, the heavy-duty Planos, the handles breaking. And, yeah, no. The last two I've had have broke. You the, know that. The two the, best the cases. And the, and the, thing, yeah. the two best cases I've seen is the one you have. Yeah. And then the SKB. Yeah. You, the SKB are nice too, and you know what? The SKB and this Pelican are conform. They're bigger. Yeah, they're bigger. You're right. They are. I have an I have an older Starlight case, which is excellent, and I but you can't buy them anymore. But that that's like eight seventeen years old, and it's still a great case. Yeah, this is like two hundred forty bucks, and it was uh, it's the Vault Pelican, and I, I I'm, I'm telling you, what a what a great well, product. And, and you have a room in there for a big gun case, <laughs> yeah. and you got room for your your tripod for my, your spotting spotting scope, scope my your, binoculars. Your, you put your walking sticks in there. Yep. I put my hunting knives in there. I put I have those little snap lids you buy like a Walmart or these stores in the, in the Tupperware section. Yeah. And I put my snap lids in there. That way, if there's a chemical, because I, I carry some cleaning solvents and things, 
and I put all those and all my tools and a couple of snap lids, and they all fit in there. And then they hold the gun in place. I like it wedged, and if yeah. there's room, I'll put I some put clothes. I put my underwear in there for TSA, um, and not my dirty ones, but they're always clean. Man. But then when they open it, I know that I know that they're thinking, you ass. And but it, you know what? TSA is such a – I mean, really, Barney Fife, don't save yourself from my – anyway. Well, um, I, I had so a guy one time because I packed – I appreciate TSA and all they do. I packed, <laughs> I, I packed the gun <laughs> – like Just the way don't I like did. The one guy that's trying to save the world from me. <laughs> and so, the guy yeah. said, "Well, he said next time he said you might want to consider packing it so it's easier to get to the gun." I said, "No." So I'm packing it this way. I said, "Because when I get there, your opinion doesn't matter because you're not because well, I." Pack I always it this love way. it when they're authority on packing. Right. I said, "I said, have you ever traveled internationally and needed stuff?" No. I said, do you, do you know what they charge you if, if my other gun case, my other bag is 55 pounds and this one's 45? I want to put 50 pounds in here because your guys' laws. So you guys can deal with it, right? And they said, well, I understand. But I said, yeah, you don't want to lecture me. I'm not in a good mood for lecturing today. <laughs> I, Brian, you know what? You're never in a, um, you're, you're never in a good mood for lecturing. So anyway, but, but you're, you're an authority on it. You know more than they do. So I would say the hard gun case, don't chintz on a hard gun case. The other thing is, is pack it full so your gun doesn't wobble around in there. Um, I don't like the pre-cut things either. We have them that say rolling bones are super fancy. Yeah, we had super nice ones, but we don't even use you're them. You're better off yeah. using your rolling bones soft gun case and putting your gun in that exactly. and then shipping it that way. Exactly. So so I think a good gun case and then when you get there um, I, I don't compromise taking that case as far as you can. I know guys are like, where can I drop it off? Where can I drop it off? I'm going to drop it off as far as the outfitter lets me take it in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like if you're flying Alaska, um, most of these regional air places that take you in and out, they're equipped. They have lockers. They, 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 they don't make a living having you get your stuff stolen that you leave behind. But well, the I nice thing is if you got the soft gun case and you always want a soft gun case that has that little pouch uh, you know where your butt, your like butt, the rolling bones. Ones. Exactly. We should put those on our website. We should. Those are the and, best and, soft yeah. gun cases. And, and the reason I like that is because now you can put your bolt in there. For example, if you're flying mm -hmm. with it, I always leave my bolt in there, and I can then when I get there, I put my bolt inside and I put my ammo in there. Yep. So I put my stuff. Everything's right there know, together. Exactly. No, that's really good. Because you never idea. never leave a guy on the shore with a gun case without ammo with it. Because of the gu with the gun laws in Canada and Alaska and different things, you can't have your gun loaded when it's on the airplane. But I've yeah. seen so many times a guy leaves the gun and then the ammo's not with a gun and then the bear's coming down the beach and they're panicking trying to get ammo and they can't find it. So the gun and the ammo always stay together no matter where you're at. Yeah, and sometimes things happen. Like Alaska this year, we got dumped off. The, the surf was coming in. The waves got bad. Plane had to take off. Half our luggage is on the plane and get out Never of there. Never separate. And and, and here never, we are. Yeah, never leave the guy on, on the beach without a sleeping bag and a tent and without a gun. A gun. And the gun yeah. always needs ammo with it. Yeah. So And then locking the gun. Um, so they have – I put a lock on every one. I just got I, these. I get those. Lindley just got these. Those aren't big enough for your gun case because if somebody wants to, they can cut those. I get those big, nasty, ugly – Copper-looking brass. No, that's what I had on the but, gun case. But t they want TSA ones on there now. Uh, I, 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 uh, you get the big ones. Yes, well, I, the big I, ones so I use those for my ammo box, and I carry those as spares. You know, because it's always good. So well, I always those are those letters. are TSA locks. Those are programmable TSA locks. But yeah. are I, I don't want the TSA ones. People can't see them. I want. I don't want the TSA ones. I want them to call my ass. People to come can't get see the what. Well, you're you're referring to them. I was telling. Oh, the listener. Yeah. yeah oh, I'm sorry. Our audience. Yes. So I'm sorry. Yes. So these are the programmable TSA. I, so 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 the, I've always easy used to the break big them. Ones. Snap them with a Leatherman tool. Yeah. I've always used the big ones because I'm like. Um, I use I don't the biggest ones on my gun, and I use those on the ammo box. Okay. Perfect. 
And Brett said is, I had to have every uh, every hole. Now going into Mexico, I only no, had. No, you should have every hole plugged. You should have four. Okay. At least three. You want each of the end ones and one. I, I put Except for sure three. So Brian. I'll put maybe That's one. That's not an apology. <laughs> I went in with two and they never stopped. Because they're me. too hard to break those. You'd have to use a crowbar to break them. Oh, to break them. Or a the grinder. Big, yeah. They're going to have to call me if they want to look at my gun. I don't want to be some an African country or something where they, oh, this looks like a nice gun, and they can go like this. No, they have the other one. They got to go buy a power tool to open it. Yeah, that's the one. This I right want. here, I can snap that with a Leatherman tool. So, you know what I'll do? I'll put these on all my other bags so they're just, you know. Well, keep us an extra one in case something yeah, happens. Yeah. It's not a, you should put those inside in case, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, just. Happens. Well, and I see you, you, you lock all your bags, all your zippers with these. Oh, I do. Two. I do it on my other zippers. I've just, had hunters. It just takes them a little bit longer to get in, so it deters them. I've had hunters said they lost their Leica spotting scope and all that. So if I do carry my spotting scope in my in my check duffel, I put it inside my backpack with some uh, rain jacket or padded jacket, and I zip it shut, put it on the bottom. And so now I got the pack frame supporting and covering my spotting scope, and then they can't get to it. They'd have to tear everything apart to get to I've it. I've had my bags. I've got a note from TSA on every last two or three but it's international okay if, it's trips. Okay, it's though. okay if the TSA guys open it. What I don't want is a foreign baggage handler in Turkey to open it, and right. they don't have TSA locks. So I don't mind on my baggage because on the gun, though, I don't want them opening the gun unless I'm there. They can open my other bags, but they're not opening the gun so unless I'm there. So that little lock there is the lock TSA just has the Correct. key. Correct. The, the master. Your master key. But I, I don't want key. the TSA lock. They're going to have to come call my sorry ass if For they want to look at my gun. And that yeah. guarantee no, you, they'll I'm call gonna, over the intercom. I'm going to do that. I, well, I've always done it. Lindley flew back with these, so, which yeah. was good. All your duffels? And that. Lind yeah. So, and, and, and so I was like, wow. And I did like them, so... Um, anyway, we do, this is, dude, this so, is really good. I, I think it, it should help. It helps me to hear this stuff. There's just, I, I think people put on the brakes sometimes. They go, I don't want to travel with my rifle. I don't know. How does it work? You know, it's, it's not a big place, deal. It's not a big deal. And you know what? They'll walk you through it. Now, Mexico is a little different because you got to go down and register and you got to go back and bring it back. And you, there's a, yeah, it's, it's like a, a Rubik's cube. Like I say, there's a reason Mercedes Benz wasn't invented there. <laughs> Very bureaucratic. <laughs> yes. So anyway, but um, but the other thing is when you're traveling with the. But guy, I can't vote there. No. No. If I go to can't Mexico, even really own land there. If I go to Mexico, I can't vote. I get that's thrown not in fair. Jail. It's not fair. They can they, anybody can vote here. So hey, I got gas today. Holy, it was that expensive. Go Joe. I'm voting for Biden all the time. I can go broke in a second on gas prices. This is awesome. Good for you guys. I you, liked it. You're going to have to go to a four-cylinder Toyota pretty soon. He's awesome. No, So I'm a couple things that. that I do that I didn't hear you mention, I carry my, an Allen wrench in my cheek piece for whatever I need. Um, my, I carry one for my turret. I, I carry, do the same thing. Yeah. And I try to carry my fix-it sticks with me, but I usually don't care. Obviously, they're not with me on the mountain. I have the loop. I, I carry all my, like Brad has. Brad was one of the first guys that told me about the fix-it sticks. I have the package with all the different torques, right? A 20, mm -hmm. a 25, I think a 30, and a 55, and a 65 torque. I have my Leupold tool. It takes care. But I, I take that, so if I'm mounting a playing with a gun that's there and needs to be fixed, I can torque it down. And I pack the little individual Allen wrenches in a little Ziploc bag and if in my cheek piece, or I pack inside my backpack. Yeah, I carry mine in my cheek piece, and I just I it, it, stuff them in a little piece of I foam. I can't tell you how many guys show up with a gun that has a turret on it, whether it's a Night Force or a Leopold, and they don't have the Allen wrenches for adjusting their turret. 
Right. They yeah. don't have the wrenches for adjusting the stock. They don't have the Allen wrenches for anything. I, I know have, it drives uh, you crazy. I carry everything. And I carry cleaning <laughs> yes, rods for six, five, sevens, and 30s. You do. Oh, yes. You carry everything. Not the yes. cleaning rods, the cleaning brushes and jags. Yeah, see, because I've got Daryl's bag, and I, I have been happy with that. Because I put a, I have a little cleaning rod in a hard cardboard yeah. tube in that one. That one pouch is, that one pocket's perfect for that. So I carry two, two full-size cleaning rods when I travel generally, one for 30s and one for sixes to sevens. And that way I can, cl- you know, clean everything. Because usually I'm cleaning somebody's gun is a disaster. And then, you know, but if I'm going to borrow a gun, I don't take a cleaning rod. I take a cleaning cable, an Otis cleaning cable with three calibers. Again, 6.5, a 7, and 30 for everything. Then you have it covered. Everything is covered. You you are uh, I need it covered, but you travel. But but for for the for the, you travel significantly. For Dennis than from I do. Peoria, Illinois, he he's going to need. He, uh, our encouragement is to get all the information on your rifle, shoot it a bunch before you go, make sure it's uh, zeroed. I would clean that puppy before I went on the trip, and I would I would take compressed air, clean it out. I'd get it in a quality. I take hard it out case. of the stock even. Yes. A lot of guys don't like to, but I do. It put it in a quality hard case. Put it all back. You put it in there. Have a soft case with it. Put all your stuff in there, and take that as far into the trip as you can. And then when you jump on that float plane or on that horse, take that soft case with you. Roll it up in one of your panniers. Have it with you, um, and away you go. Yeah, and if you're going to take a bipod, make sure it can either go on a Picatinny rail or yep. an Uncle Mike sling stud. Yep, totally. So. And I would, uh, um, and and I totally agree with that. And I I, I actually carry extra Uncle Mike sw- swivels. Because I've had times where we had to borrow and some guy, they were just tied with a shoestring. And so, yeah, there's lots of things. I, I usually carry an extra set of Uncle Mike's sling studs. N- not studs, but the, what do you call it, the, uh, the swivels. Yeah, swivels. the swivels. The yeah. cheap. The clip-on swivels. Yep. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, hopefully that helps. Did we miss anything? Yeah, the, one of the most critical things is the way you c- carry your ammunition. So if you're going to be traveling on some of these airlines now, they make you check. Not only do they make the ammo separate from your gun, which means it has to be in a in a, um, hard a, a separate yeah, hard case inside another duffel. I've had them sometimes now. They want the ammo separate separate from everything, so they want it separate from everything. I leave it in my duffel because I'm not going to pay for the other one. I said I'll check it separately, but I'm not paying for it because that's your guys' requirement. I'm not paying for five another pounds of bag. ammo. No, I said I'll, I'll recheck it, but you guys can cover it because it weighs the 50 pounds inside here. So if you're going to travel with more than four. Say two boxes, especially four plus. Use a Pelican 1200 because a Pelican 1200 you could have ammo and you can throw it across the room and it won't break. You want to make sure it's not a cheap $12 satellite phone type thing, and you can take a Pelican 1100 if you're only going to cap- travel with a couple boxes, and they're very strong. You can also take the the metallic aluminum um, pistol cases that probably cost $30, but the problem with those is they they, they only have the keys that have the little the little aluminum key that goes inside. And if you lose that key, it doesn't... So I, I only carry boxes that I can put the TSA cable locks on. And the cable locks are better than the, ch- than the cheap TSA, you know, U-locks. Because I can pop a U-lock with a screwdriver. These, you have to at least cut it. So a U-lock, I can get off literally with probably a couple of pens or for sure a, a screwdriver. It's really easy to bend them because it doesn't lock inside. It only locks on the base side. The, uh, the, the end of the U doesn't have a locking compound where this does. So the cables are always better yeah, than the Yeah, I was U-locks. impressed with these, these little master They're good. And they, there's a heavier one than those that I use because it's harder to cut them. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That, those will work, though, fine. I mean, the animal yeah. box. You know what? I was happy. I was happy Lindley got them and uh, put them on there. And, you know, it was, it's, it's from she had to come back from Phoenix right. to here. But at least I got my rifle back. Tell me how you traveled with your shotguns, that one shotgun, when you cleaned it. Well, we had a shotgun malfunction, <laughs> and I have four Beretta Eureka 391s. So, so what I did was I just put, I took the guts out of the, I took the upper and the lower out of the <laughs> AR component. I put it in the stock that had the right number, and I traveled into Mexico. With right, it. because you had to have and the so, number because you had it pre. Yeah, and so you got to pre-register those guns. But the reality is, guys, here's here's the key to this. The, these we we bring this to our audience because we want we want you to ask questions. We so appreciate you uh, saying, hey. Do a podcast on this. It's it's ridiculous. But if there's something on here that you're not sure of or you got a other question on, call 605-644-8000. Ask for Brian Martin. Ask for Brad Dana. Uh, don't ask for me. No, I'm teasing. Ask, ask for myself. You know, we we will take the time. We'll help you out. We, we want to help you uh, uh, lessen your anxiety, lower those fears. Again, we really appreciate you joining us today. Head on over to rollingbones.com. Check out our membership. 150 bucks a year, and uh, used to be 149, but Brian Martin said it has to be 150, or he wasn't working here. So uh, 150 dollars a year, and it's unlimited states, unlimited species. We can help you out if you want a full-blown strategy, when to draw, trophy units, all that stuff. Call us um, and talk to. And then you do want to talk to Brian or Brad. And that's the 500 dollars that, plan. And that's the 500 dollars plan. That's the full consulting and picking. Yeah, it's consulting picking. Still great value, and uh, we'll, we'll take your call. We'll help you out. But uh, go check out our membership. Have any questions? Call us, email us. We're ready uh, to make your next adventure the best one yet ever. Okay. And, and one more thing to add to our thing. Yes. Forty-four fifty-seven form. Oh yeah. Make yeah, sure you, you make sure you get one of those, and I take a photo get of it. Laminated too. And uh, I take a photo of it and send it to the outfitter before I leave, and then that way everything I know that it matches. So it's it's really clear. It's not transcribed accidentally in an email. So always take a photo of it, send it. Take a photo of your passport, send it. And if you really want to be meticulous, take a photo of your forty four fifty seven and your passport. Put them in a the ziploc and put them in your gun case. Then if anything's ever lost, and write on your gun case, write on there Brian Martin, Brian Mayman, and if it's black, write in that that white. Marker. You know what? Here's a side note to that. And label them with two, two I bag bought of sticks. A, I bought a rifle just before I went to Russia. I got it all set up. I was shooting with it because I had sold the exact same rifle a, a month before. And I didn't get my 44 4457. Tell them what a 4457 is. So 4457 is a customs form that shows that you own the product. Ownership and, before you leave. Yeah, ownership before you leave. And you should really put all, all your optics and everything on there. And and, and they'll do it. you got to just go down to your customs at, at a bigger airport, and they'll have it. They'll do it for you. They're happy to do it. And if you have any questions on that, again, just call us. We're here for you. Okay? However, here's what I did. Because I didn't get back from our guy. So here's what I did. I just, because we're an FFL, but I told Lindley, get me a copy of my um, form that you can get, right? 4473. 4473. And I took a copy of that. I, I um, had a copy of our FFL, and I took a picture the day I went in, okay? And um, before I went in, I took a picture of me, okay, with the rifle when I was leaving in town with the serial number and the rifle up close. I had Lindley printed out. I put it in a file to prove that I owned it before. Yeah, when most I, people can't do the 4473. They can do the 4457, though. Yeah. Uh, 4457? Mm -hmm. 4457 yeah. is a normal one. Exactly. You, you had the special you, one because we have an FFL. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So anyway, my point is, document somehow you own the rifle. And here's the thing. I landed in JFK on the way back in and didn't have it. And the guy the guy chuckled. He saw the picture of me, and, the, and I had the number with me on it, and the date on the thing, and a screenshot. And he chuckled. He goes, you know what? That's super smart. And he goes, and I did it with my GeoVids. I did it with my Leica spot or my, uh-huh. my Leupold uh, spotting scope. And he goes, that's super smart. He goes, why don't I just have that gal fill out the form for you? And now you'll have it forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know what? That was nice. Because anyway. sometimes, because we've hit Barney Fife's too. Yeah. That, that, that's what, throw, yeah. why you're supposed to do it this yeah. way. And now you're going to cause all kinds of problems for me. Right. That's what I mean. TSA, I love TSA. And they protect but us. That's not They're TSA, awesome. though. No. Well, my, my customs, yeah. all those guys like that. My customs and border was, protection are those guys. All, all those securities protectors, I love them. It's the one that wants to make the example and take it to the nth degree like a couple weeks ago. So anyway, hey, thank you, Brian Martin, Brad Dana. Awesome. Uh, bleep. I don't think we, we kept it really good. So Sorry anyway. about that, audience. We'll try to we'll spice it up next time. Thank, thanks for joining. <laughs> thanks for a serious topic. Thank, thanks for listening to today from, from Brad Dana, Brian Martin, and myself, Brian Maiman. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time for Hunt the World.